Hey, this is Keith Jones, the new president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. Welcome to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the people's podcast, the players podcast, prognosticators podcast, PDLA podcast, papers podcast, the only Flyers podcast. By the way, prognosticator podcast, that started in episode 21. I know that because if you're following on the YouTube channel, I've been putting all the old episodes up on the YouTube channel. That's where prognosticators started. Made Anthony laugh. I forget why. We were guessing about like if their team was going to make the playoffs or something. But anyway, I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad. Joined as always. By the likes of the man in the middle, Anthony Sanfilippo, who you can find on Twitter, at Philly, And the man on the right, the man who tends to be in the right, and that, of course, is Bundy, Chris Terrian. Find him on Twitter, <laughs> at Terrian 6 Gentlemen, it is a great Friday to talk about your team, your town, your Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. It is, Russ. It is. A, it's, it's a good time. I mean, you know, there's, you know... There's some little things going on, um, you know, things that are there's little things we can dangle out there to talk about that, you know, may not be the biggest issues in, of the day with when it comes to what this Flyers team is going to be like once training camp opens next month. But at the same time, you know, little little conversation pieces. So um, I think it's I think it's fair to, to say that, you know, it's worth bringing uh, bringing us together to have those discussions. Perhaps I think I'm kind weird. of a some yeah I'm assembling in my head a little bit too guys what the season might look like kind of coming out of the gate. I thought last year we kind of nailed it like exactly what this would would look like. I, I think we actually said Torts would get them five to seven wins more than they should have gotten last year uh, with good coaching and that happened. And again, I want to see what this year looks like a little bit. You know, piecing in those veterans that'll be back in the lineup. Um, mixed with some of the young kids. Um, it'll be interesting, but I'm not really there yet. We're still in early August. And, um, you know, I also want to see, too, if there's any really surprise, big surprises out of camp. The interesting thing with the league now is there's so many players that can come in and can kind of shine later, like in terms of their development process. So I'm always interested in keeping an eye on stuff like that. You could have a 22, 23-year-old come in that maybe nobody had radar before. And he may look like a whole different player when, when that person or, or person shows up to camp. So I'm interested in that because there's a lot of job openings, I think, in this league now. I don't think it's mired with super high-end talent outside the top spots. And I think that that creates job openings and competition for jobs in the league. So I'm going to be looking at that as, as training camp starts in six weeks or whatever it is. And uh, But it's never too late to start talking hockey in August. And um uh, it's good to be on uh, talking about stuff. The whole you're, you're right though, guys. You're talking about that other thing though, with the world uh, or with the world junior or whatever the the report is. Like it's almost getting to a point now where you have to wonder if it, it it you know I just see some comments, but Anthony, you might be able to say it. We were talking very loosely the other day. How much of it comes down to the legalities of it, right? Because if there's no if there's no police filings or charges per se it's really hard to drag somebody publicly through that kind of ordeal without having a legal tie to that. So I'm wondering how much of that plays into it. Again, I'm not a legal guy. This is really not the shit I even want to be talking about. So I talk about hockey, but it is a real story. And uh, the longer that it doesn't come out, the more questions 
questions, people start asking. And that's clearly what's been happening, yep. uh, certainly the last month. They said they were going to release it after the draft, somewhere after there in a quiet time in July. It's still not been released. And I think that that may have to do something with the legalities involved. If you're not going to charge people, you got to be very, very careful about how you, uh, you know, you treat them publicly and, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the media. That's what I guess is, I'm guessing is going on. Feels, feels very lawyer and agent and league and NHLPA related mm-hmm. is, is yeah. what, what the likely tie up here is. Cause it's not point, even, it's not even likely it is the tie up. Go ahead. Andy. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll say it. I mean, if you want, I thought you wanted to wait, but I'll I'll get it off the top. Well, we were here. gonna wait, but you know, Bundy Bundy did his no, like fine. sort totally of Bundy fine. bomb here, not not the Bundy bomb. So like, I you know, we'll go the, lead off of this. The NHLPA is basically has basically trying to preempt this uh, report, um, and you know, basically telling the league, you know, if you're going to suspend players. We're going to sue you, right? And and just like Bundy said, the reasoning behind that is is that if there's no charges against anybody or any of these players, how can you how can you suspend them? And so it's a very good point. I mean, regardless of what the actual outcome is, or, or the you know whether what allegations are and who they are and whatever, blah blah blah. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a point now the league can push back and say, you know, that every, and Bundy, you could speak to this because as a player who used to have a standard player contract, right? I mean, it, there's always language in those contracts that say that if you do something that is deemed detrimental to the, to the public perception of the organization or the league or whatever, you can, you know, be disciplined, in you know in re- regard to that right so it's a basically that that language is saying even if you aren't charged we can suspend you for something that we think makes us look bad um so i guess that's where the pushback that the league would have so it's a matter of i think at this point you know lawyers bickering back and forth um yes ed just said a conduct unbecoming i think yeah. is the exact terminology um uh but I mean, you know, so I think that that's kind of where the holdup is right now. Um, and maybe the league is looking at it and saying, maybe they're, they're hearing the PA and, and they're, they're staying in close contact with uh, the London, Ontario police and seeing maybe is their investigation coming to a close? Can they, maybe they'll put their report out and we could do it kind of simultaneously. Um, and that way, if there are going to be charges made then we can kind of say see here are the charges who knows right i mean i, I have no inside information on that um yeah. but i do think that the the that this is a a legal hold up in the sense of let's make sure that everybody's on the same page with what we're going to do and we're all comfortable with what's going to happen as far as uh argument back and forth and Eric Turkey's comment here, I think, is like what a lot of people are feeling right now. The whole thing's a disgrace. How can the police not have settled this by now? And that and that's true. And again, we don't want to the 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 point of today's episode isn't to like dive deep into this because we've been talking about it towards the end of episodes for the last few weeks. But like that at this point is the only thing that seems to be holding up at least the the report that would come out um, that would impact the players that are associated with the situation. And like 
I get that unions have to defend their members and all that, but the optics of that are going to be bad, as you would imagine. I think that ultimately, like, are, are we looking at something, Anthony, where, um, you know, the Mitchell Miller thing, you know, where he was not eligible to be drafted, then the Bruins signed him, and then there was pushback, and then the league said that he was going to have to apply for reinstatement, even though he had never actually been in the league. It feels like if the Ontario police can't get it together and get their report out first, that perhaps the league would look to do something similar to that, where they would say any of the players who are named in this Hockey Canada report are going to have to reapply for or going to have to apply for reinstatement. And maybe that's where the legal quandary is with the NHLPA, where like the the Players Association probably says, well, how do you how do you justify kicking effectively kicking someone out of the league with a contract and then have them reapply if there are no criminal charges like it? It sucks because ultimately, as we've said for weeks, you want justice for the victim and like the hockey part of it doesn't matter. And at the same time, the thing that seems to be holding all of this up is the hockey thing, you know, and it sucks. And I it, can't believe there's no leak, to be honest with you. I can't believe somebody like in, in like up there, especially, hasn't leaked a, 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 a laundry list of something out of somewhere up in Canada. Like, it's that's the part that's surprising. It's actually been pretty tight lipped from all that appears out. I, and I think, and I could speak as the journalist here, the reason that that is, is because. It you have to have when I say one hundred percent certainty that every freaking word that you put in your story is a thousand percent accurate and cannot be, you know, so you don't want to put anything out because you don't know. You just don't know. I mean, you know, the police will tell you things. But they're not giving you documents, right? Because they right. haven't done a report. So you're going off of what they're telling you. You know, sometimes you uh, can I can I tell you that there are names that we have heard for more than a year involved in this thing? Yes, there are names we have heard for more than a year, but not one journalist is going to put that in any one of those names out there because we don't officially know. But it's been over a year that we've heard names. Now, when this report comes out, might they be the names that we see? They very well could be. But if any one of them was wrong, any one, you're done. Our you're careers, done and your, our and, careers and are outlet, over. The outlet that you write for. Done. Or that you produce content for. I mean, it's going to be a massive lawsuit, which again. I'm not talking not, about reporters. Like, I'm talking about people selling it from the inside, leaking it out somehow else. Yeah, well, that's that's I'm not talking about questions. guys like you. I'm talking about somebody in the, on the judicial side saying, you know what? This is makes me sick. But however, there are there's people on the other side that yeah, are. Who's, who the are you leaking it to, Bundy? The thing about that, you got to leak it to somebody like me, right? I'll give you an example. I'll take you back because oh, I know I know that you know about this case pretty pretty darn well. Remember the whole uh, gambling ring, Gretzky, his wife, and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. Right? sure. I had a story that I wrote about it. Right, front page of the Daily Times when I was a reporter at the newspaper, kind of talking about the whole thing. I had an editor, a desk editor, who made one 
change to the language that I wrote in the story that made it sound like Mark Recchi and John LeClaire and Jeremy Roenick were going to be charged with something where, in fact, I did not actually write that. He changed it. John LeClaire and Mark Recchi and their agents held a press conference. They were playing for the Penguins at the time, held a press conference between periods in a game in Pittsburgh to refute my report. Okay? Completely go against it. Um, they were in their skates and in their jerseys at this press conference. Okay? That we had lawyers out the wazoo. I got called in. They wanted to know who my sources were. I wouldn't tell them who my sources were. It was everybody was yelling and screaming at each other. I had to prove. I had to go back and find the um, the actual uh, submission to the newspaper, the time that it was submitted, so that they could see that I sub what my original submission was, so that I didn't get in trouble. Turned out that the editor that made the change got fired for making that change, okay? And that I was told I'm not allowed to write one more word about that story for the newspaper because the newspaper did not want to get sued. The one word got changed in a story yeah. by, by an editor. So something like that, which had to do with gambling, right? Mm -hmm. Is got a guy fired and I was told, do not write one more word about it. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine what would happen in this case? for somebody right yep i mean that's the that's what i'm saying it's, it's unbelievable crazy. anthony yeah it yeah. is over over that like it's it's a peanut compared to this right when you're dealing yes. with the other end of the spectrum so i mean geez it's it's a i guess the part of why we're talking about this is because there's been no talk of it it's and they right. keep saying the report's coming or it's going to come or something's coming i don't know who said it was ever going to come but it's been it's out there and it's never come. So unfortunately, what happens is, is in August, it forces a podcast to have to go talk oh, about. Wait, what's listen, going on. Ed, Ed has a very good question here, and it's it's one worth you know kind of bantering about. It begs the question: if the police department finishes the investigation, somehow finds no reason to file charges, do those names ever come out? Could that be Not, part of the like? Could that be part of what the holdup is? They, you know, they won't like, come out. They won't come out through a, through a reputable media outlet. I can tell you that. I mean, yeah. could could somebody eventually try and leak it out there? Maybe, but you know, yeah. no. So anyway, the long story short is there still remains no update. But at this point, it's all presumably being held up with legal. So, you know, all the people who want to know what this has to, you know, if there's there's a player with this organization whose name has been floated out there, a lot of people are concerned. And as we said a few weeks ago, we can't we can't speculate on it. We don't know. And unless we had the report in our hands confirmed by like four different people that that actually is the official document, it'd be stupid for us to speculate on it. So uh, whenever it happens, we will find out either way. I do think and, and this guy's, I guess, comes back to one of the things that the Flyers have done this offseason is they have really reinforced the goalie position. And there have been a lot of questions, a lot of speculation online of, oh, does this mean that Carter Hart's definitely involved? And I don't necessarily think it's that, because um, I think there are people who are trying to read the tea leaves on it. It feels like no matter what, if you go back uh, before the trade deadline, there were rumors about teams being interested in Carter Hart. As Anthony's reported multiple times, there are teams that made offers to the Flyers conditional on him not being part of the 
the ultimate fallout of the Hockey Canada report. Does it feel to you guys like this could just as easily be something where the team was trying to prepare for the eventuality that either he might be involved or they just ultimately opt to trade him because they think it's going to help the rebuild faster? Well, he would have value, right? Yeah. And if you're rebuilding a team and you say, well, where where can we get the most assets to expedite a rebuild? foregone conclusion Carter Hart is top of that list so you probably have a pretty good return in a trade for Carter Hart and if you're and if you feel like you have great depth at that position with young up-and-coming goaltenders who you think can play in the NHL then why if you're if you're Danny Briere why wouldn't you yeah try and get maximum return on Carter Hart so yeah I mean that's that's how I look at it yeah, they may, and they may, it may be that Russ uh, that they've been trying to just to to re uh, reimagine what they think is, is what the goaltending looks like going forward. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Maybe it may be also that they're saying to themselves. I think the one thing you have to look at is is if you take yourself in a really high high end team, is Carter Hart your guy from where Danny's watching things, right? Like if Danny's yeah. looking at it and saying, okay, yeah, we've seen some stuff, but we also say maybe. You know, are they looking now and saying maybe he's not the guy? Maybe he, maybe we got to re-examine what's out there. Maybe it is to keep keep spying it. But at the same time, you're right, and you don't want to diminish that value at all because he would be the guy that would get you the most back, as Anthony said. Connectney would probably would certainly be a second uh, in terms of what you get for for being able to trade a guy would be a really a, a wanted uh, quantity for another team. Both those guys would be top, but. Again, the Flyers have done it, have been very, very conscious about, you know, making those goaltending adjustments within the system in general from all the way down to all the way to the top. So uh, if something didn't happen with Hart or they didn't move him, they probably feel like where they're at right now, they could sustain a, a couple of years, like if they find out what else they have with other goaltenders. So I don't think right now, it's a, it, to me, if I'm the GM, I'm not really too concerned about it. I have goaltenders, and, and, and really I'm looking at it as I've got an ace up my sleeve, and that ace up my sleeve is to is to possibly be able to put Carter Hart back on the trade block if he wasn't before. I believe he was. Uh, they'll tell you he wasn't, but certainly when teams call, as Danny said, we, we listen to when other teams reach out to us. But I think this might accelerate things, and I'll be honest with you, I think that that's just an asset that they're probably looking to move anyway, anyhow. Um and we'll see what happens with that. That's just my guess. That's how I would look at it, Anthony. Yeah, and Russ, there are a lot of people commenting um, yeah. that goalies yeah. don't goalies don't get much in return. Look at the deals what you had for Hashik and and Patty Wah, guys, guys. First of all, the, the, yes, two completely different errors, right? Com- completely different errors. Um, they also were not traded at age twenty four. Okay, Carter Hart's 24 years old. He does not have to be Dominic Hasek or Patrick Waugh, but he's a 24-year-old goaltender who is highly regarded. And a lot of people think here's a guy whose numbers are probably don't look nearly as good because he's played for such a bad team the last few years that if you bring a 24-year-old goalie behind a legitimate NHL defense and a team that has a better puck possession team that they could win with Carter Hart, then yeah, then he's got value. They're not just going to give him up for nothing. Okay. He's 24. 
I just just keep that in mind. Like, I mean, you're saying goalies don't get value, but when are 24 year old goalies traded? 24 year old goalies with a with a lot of that a lot of people like. Look, people might think he's overrated, and that's fine if you do. But at the same time, there are <laughs> there, there there are teams in hockey who think that he's a good goalie. I mean, how many superstar goalies are there in the NHL right now? Three? Yeah. Yeah, right? the, the, the NHL goalies becoming the NFL running back, Andy, in a yeah. lot of ways. So there's three. So 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 if you don't have one of the top three, but you could get somebody who fits into that next group, which is all right, they're not elite superstar Hall of Fame caliber goalies, but they're still pretty good goalies who can, if we provide, you know, put a good team around them can take us to the to the end why wouldn't you want that why wouldn't you want that which is why teams were interested okay that's why that's why danny briere got several offers for carter hart because teams want him teams want a goalie like that it makes you got to understand that there there is a level here right i mean yes carter hart is not we don't look at him as the next um, carry price even right I mean who's that's the guy mm-hmm. he wants to be most compared to but if he's a, if he's you know playing every day on a good team he could be a top 10 in the goalie in the league easily easily maybe St- statistically well, I mean, Anthony, he can be look at the last I mean I'm just going back to three years of goaltenders in terms of his pedigree I'm not no one's arguing with his pedigree coming in or what he's able to do You've had Darcy Kemper, right, win a Stanley Cup uh, uh, with, with Colorado, right? Yeah. You had Jordan Binnington, an unknown quantity. And to tell you just how fucking far removed I am from hockey right now, I can't even tell you who the goalie was who won it in Vegas this past year because I took that Hill. in the back of my head. Aiden well, it's Hill. Just, yeah, I mean, that's what's going on. They, they, had a, they had like three goalies they didn't know what they were doing with. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, man, we got to throw this guy in because our main guy got hurt. What do they do? They go dance behind this guy all the way to the Stanley Cup. So, again, there's not a real sexy look at goaltenders right now from an executive standpoint because other teams, most sports in general are follow-me leagues. Like, oh, they won with that, so now I'm going to try to build my team like that because they just won. And the trend goes backwards. It happens in every sport about every eight to ten years, some trend changes back. You watch in six years, the running back will be the most important thing again in the history of the NFL because some guy. Although last year the guy for the Chiefs went off and he was a sixth round pick out of Rutgers, so who knows what's going on? Um, it's just weird. It's it's odd in a sense right now, but I'm just telling you that the teams are saying, "Wow, we're winning with good defense, good team defense, and ultimately at the end of the day." above average goaltending in the playoffs with good saves at opportune times that give a team a chance to get go deep and win a Stanley Cup. And that's exactly what happened with St. Louis, exactly what happened uh, to Vegas. Uh, Colorado was already – like, I mean, they were the best team of those – I think of those of that group with the high-end talent up at the front. But, again, it, the story, those stories were not about goaltending. Uh, to me, yep. there were they uh, certainly the names or the pedigree coming in. It was about just a bunch of guys that ended up really playing well and helped their team win Stanley Cups. But here's a question: Does Tampa Bay do what they do? Did they get on the run that they went on without Vasilevsky? As good as they are elsewhere, great talent up front. Victor Hedman's best defenseman in the game. 
do they win two Stanley Cups and go to the final three straight years, conference final? I think, what was it, five out of six or whatever it was, without Vasilevsky? He, he's, he was the best goalie in the world for that three years. And I, Anthony, you and, and outside of the guys I mentioned, yes, Vasilevsky was the guy who was the Dominic Hasek or the Patrick Waugh of those playoff runs, right? And Waugh, I mean, the Hasek won one. But Rodor or or, uh, or Waugh certainly are, are better in that. Vasilevsky was a beast. It's actually somebody just put it down there. He was unbelievable and almost felt unbeatable that Tampa Bay was could not lose the cup. It was like one of those times where you looked at the beginning of the playoffs and said, they're going to win the cup this year. Yeah. Because yeah. that goal is just so good, coupled with Hedman and, and those star forwards. I yeah. mean, I, 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 look, the, way I, the way I look at it is I think in a given season, one individual season, guys like Aiden Hill, guys like Jordan Bennington, you know, uh, guys like Darcy Kemper, that if they end up in the right place with the right group of players, that can win you a Stanley Cup. But if you want sustained opportunities to win the championship, more than just one championship, or, you know, hey, we want a window of three to five years here where we we have a shot to win, finally win a Stanley Cup, because we know how hard it is. To, to win one, let alone win more than one, um, then you want more consistency in goal. How did it work for, I mean, Colorado had some injuries, but how did it work for them this year? They changed goalies again, right? I don't know. How did it, you know, how, how does it work when you, when you go from one guy to the next guy or, or you just have an average guy and yeah, he makes that great run and that's awesome. How did it work for St. Louis after the year they won? Bennington went completely downhill. Not a yeah. good goalie, right? Well, so, was hurt this year too, Anthony. McCarr and McKinnon wrote for a lot yeah, of time. For sure, for sure. But I'm not, I'm not convinced they would have beaten Vegas. The way Vegas played defensively. But then again, they I'm were, not convinced. They were good, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's – yeah. They, they won it for a reason. They were the best team this spring. They were. Right. And and I'll be honest with you, the reason, if you remember, Bundy, we, I had picked Dallas, and you liked that – you kind of liked that I went with Dallas to be the wet team out of the West. Um. But I was going with Dallas more so than I was going with uh, anyone else in the West because of the difference in goaltending. Like, I think Ottinger's – I think he's the, he's a guy. Like, he's one of those guys. He's, he's, he's a he's, dude. He's a there. Carter like, Hart. Right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. 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 So, I mean, like – so, if you look at Dal- – if you look at a team like Dallas, you say, okay, there's a team that just made a pretty good push. They didn't get there. They got to the conf- conference final. But – they will have a shot again next year. And why? Because they'll have a consistent goaltender who's pretty good. Yeah. And so, like, to me, I think that's finding that consistency in net. It doesn't have to be a superstar player. But if you have a, a goalie who you can count on year in, year out, you have a better chance over a span of time to eventually win the Stanley Cup that you want to win, which is why there's interest in a guy like Carter Hart. Is it is it unpopular for me to continue my stance of where I've been on Carter Hart for three years now. I just don't think, I, I just don't think he's a superstar. He doesn't I, have to. Be. No. And, and that, that is part of the point now is a few years ago, people were trying to project and, and they were hoping and wishing that he was going to become a top five goalie. And like the home road splits were always horrific, horrific for a few years at least. And then COVID was a little bit weird and and that was what it was. But um, if he can just be a top 10 top 15 goalie like maybe you can get hot 
but I I've never looked at this guy as being <laughs> top five material. I just don't see it. I don't I don't think he has the mental makeup for it, and I don't think that he's. I don't think he's currently at a level that that tells me he's going to become elite. Maybe he needs a change of scenery, a different goalie coach. Maybe they can like fix some of the holes in his game. But like, I don't, I don't view him as a top five guy. So like to Ant, to your point earlier about Vasilevsky, it's like, if you look at it, right, you've got Vasilevsky and Shosturkin that like, I think any team would, would openly try to, to acquire. They would, they'd back up the Brinks truck for, unless you have a player who could be a top five goalie and steal you multiple series in the postseason, then like you have to at least consider making a deal. And like what might have seemed insane three years ago is probably your best way to accrue some assets. So I think we're all kind of in a, in a similar place on this one. So how about that? Speaking of places that you could be ocean city, New Jersey, walkingboards.com ladies and gentlemen is a free newsletter that you can sign up for founded by Kyle Scott of crossing broad, the founder of crossing broad. He and former crossing broad investor, Mike Iredale set out to create the crossing broad for the shore. Walkingtheboards.com is a free newsletter that'll tell you everything that's going on. Your favorite businesses, are they still open? Your favorite restaurants, are they still open? What new stuff is there to do? Listen, the summer might be winding down, but that doesn't mean your trips to the shore have to. You can go to walkingtheboards.com. Again, it's a free newsletter. There's no upcharge. There's no upsell. And when you sign up, you can opt into Shore Cribs. Shore Cribs is their second newsletter that focuses on real estate. So if you're like me, and for some reason, you've put in your mind that you eventually want to own a shore house. Folks, that's the place to go. Shore Cribs is also a free newsletter giving you the inside track on real estate in Ocean City. And who knows, maybe by this time next year, they'll expand into Avalon and to Wildwood and to Margate and to Brigantine. Who knows? Who's to say? Who's to say? But I'll tell you this. I'll say this. Walkingtheboards.com, free newsletter. Go sign up. And a big thank you to them for sponsoring today's show. By the way, there was a super chat earlier that referenced walking the boards. There was. I'll go. I'll go up to that because that's that's actually it's funny that there's a, a super chat to talk about. Uh, it was J Toxic Forty Nine. This is back in the beginning because I was the last one here. I was busy renegotiating with walking the boards for ad revenue. Evidently, Rita's on Westchester Pike was making a strong offer. Got to get got to get that money. So <laughs> got to get those Benjamins, baby. Um, I there the the next place I think I want to take this, guys is um oh look at this hold on guys tyler demuro over on youtube finally able to catch a live show currently watching in the hospital with my newborn daughter oh congrats congrats, congrats tyler that's awesome that's so cool that's fantastic that's awesome that's fantastic i hope is i'm wondering if you think that's a is that a first tyler is that is that a first child if so welcome to the club man it's a it's a super club to be in. The, That's so great. That dad club. Um, yeah. But hashtag for sure. Girl dad. We're all hashtag girl dads. Now. We are. So we are job, all Tyler. girl dads. Congratulations. Congratulations to you and yours. That's awesome. Guys, this is why we always say it feels like every week when we do one of these live shows. There's some there's either somebody who's like going through something, somebody who's like looking for a little bit of hope and inspiration. And here we are. Oh, I love this. J Toxic 49 says name her Bundy. <laughs> I prefer bun, Bundet. <laughs> Bundet. <laughs> That's very great. That's great uh, stuff, guys. Um, I, I think that the place that we initially had intended on going with this is a generational debate 
between Ant and myself, and maybe Bundy, I don't know. Bundy's not of the same generation as Anthony. He's much younger and better looking. So, uh, <laughs> so I, the, the thing that seems to have been going on on Twitter for the last week and a half or so is everybody was getting excited about Matt Vemishkov playing in preseason games in the KHL. And uh, they were playing against, what was it, the U23 Russian team uh, the last few days. And what we started to see was people were sharing clips of Mishkov scoring goals or like Mishkov in um, in warmups. And I think, what, what's it called? Hockey, Hockey News Hub, I think it is, is the account that like kind of follows what's going on in the KHL. And, and they've been tagging, you know, the flyers on some things with Mishkov and they've been... Um, uh, some of the other prospects that are over there, which is helpful. I mean, if nothing else, it's helpful because God knows the three of us aren't going to be looking for like an illegal stream of the KHL in the preseason. So grateful as always to have somebody who will clip that stuff up. But it led to us having this back and forth in our group chat. And now we're going to have this debate on the show. We talked about, do we, do we partake in clipping? And by we, I mean me of clipping these KHL highlights because it feels like there is so much of an appetite out there from the fan base to see what's going on with prospects, but specifically with Mishkov because he has the highest ceiling. So I'd love for the people in the comments to obviously, you know, weigh in as well what they think. But uh, Ant especially was diametrically opposed to the idea of putting out clips of Mishkov on the Snow the Goalie Twitter account, Instagram, and TikTok. So Ant, I want you to, to state your case. And I want to know from the people if uh, if they agree with you or not. <laughs> uh, could you? Online? Yeah. Could you? Could you? Could you set me up any worse there, Russ? Like, like, oh, all this wonderful stuff about Mishkov, but Anthony was so diametrically opposed to this. Can you I mean, state you your case, and then people can decide. We'll vote yeah. and let us know. Look, Tell people will let us know in the comments. Come on, feel. Russell, calm down. Here's the thing, and I'll tell everybody to calm down. <laughs> the fact that you're putting out preseason hockey highlights from Russia against like the minor league minor leaguers <laughs> is a little bit too far okay we, you are building up expectations even higher than they already are and they should be high right you should have a high expectation. This was a very good draft. You heard me come on here and tell you how good of a draft pick this was and that fans should be excited for three years down the line when Mishkov can put on a Flyers uniform and he's going to be a uh, a great goal scorer in the NHL. All that stuff aside, yes, that you should have that long-range excitement. But if we're going to sit here and put those kinds of highlights up all the time look at this oh my god he scored another goal against a bunch of shitty players let's pump those brakes a little bit because you're only getting those snippets right you're only getting those snippets against really really inferior competition you're not seeing the whole game and so we have no idea if matt van mishkov even though he's scoring a goal or two goals or whatever is doing anything else right on the ice like, he could have a complete and total bad game, not playing well defensively, turning the puck over, this, that, whatever. But none of that matters. All that matters is, is he scored a goal into an open net because the goalie can't stay on his skates, right? So let's we all should get excited about that again. I think what we're doing is we're getting ourselves too, too far ahead of ourselves. 
with a 18 year old player. Wait, just wait for him to come over. If one regular, if once, and I said this to Russ, I said once the regular season rolls around, if from time to time you want to put a Mishkov video out and like, look, he had a two, you know, hat trick in the game last night. Awesome, right? Yes, promote it, get it out there, get people talking about it again. All good, but to do what some people are doing now is is detrimental. It's detrimental for when he finally gets over here because you're going to expect this immediately out of this player. And if he doesn't give it to you immediately, oh, my God, he's a bust. We all hate him. And this is what we do to homegrown players in this town. It's what we do because we build up their expectations so high that if they don't hit them right away, all of a sudden we we don't trust them. And and that is a that's where it's like you're, you're, slow your roll, people. Just slow it down. This kid's going to be a great goal scorer for you. Just be patient and just wait for it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be excited about him. It's okay to know that there's that this is coming. But let's let's not promote the hell out of these terrible, terrible matchups for this guy and say, he look at how dominant he is. He's playing players who aren't even good enough to play with regularity. In the in the Continental Hockey League, never mind the and National Hockey League. Wow. So that's my argument. Wow, there. Are, um, I I love the fact that people are people are divided in the comments, but they're being respectful because that's what the Snow the Goalie audience is. If nothing else, they may have differing opinions, but they remain respectful. Bundy, throw it to you. Where do you land on this? Well, I mean, listen. I mean, he. It's. It. it I think. I think it shows a little bit of where the passion of the flyer fans are. I think that shines through all the time. There's an excitement, but there's also shows a little bit of, of maybe the pea soup that this team's been in for a few years and the excitement that's generated by having someone that's got that kind of skill level and goal scoring ability. So I think that that comes with the, with, you know, knowing that this guy's going to be here, that there's going to be something to watch, but at the same time as well, I mean, we're talking about the seventh pick in the draft. We're not talking about the guy like a Bedard that went first. I mean, if you look after Bedard, there was another five players that got picked after him, right, after Bedard before. I mean, listen, seventh is still a high pick. But there are reasons still why some other teams didn't pick him, if it was uh, geopolitical, if it was the fact that he couldn't be here. Whatever the hell the reason was, um, he ended up being the seventh overall pick, which is a really high pick. Uh, you know, Peter Goche went fifth last year. You know, and there's not – uh, uh, Mishkov. So I, I, I'm with Anthony on this one. Just give the kid a chance to be a kid still. I quit trying to sell him like he's Brett Hull at 30 years old, you know, in terms of goal scoring. Yes, he's going to be a goal scorer. He's going to bring a lot of excitement. But I, I just think that, that that putting a guy in with, as you said, I watched some of that, Anthony. I mean, you want to talk about like a fucking Russian beer league? This looked like a preseason from hell. Like, I, I mean, if they could have put me out there and stuck me in front of that, I might have actually tapped one in. <laughs> Um, no disrespect, but it was bad. And it's preseason, and you're playing against a bunch of guys. Like, you're playing, like, against Nuke Lelouch, like those type of guys. And, um, and Russ doesn't understand Nuke Lelouch. I, I just love the name. But, but anyway, what, what I'm saying is it's just, just, like, it's not worth it. If you want to show a game in November where he really shined and he can show a couple of clips of here's something he did in the D zone, but holy shit, look at the goal, goal he scored at the other. I think that's great. But putting stuff out, man, at the end of July, uh, about an 18-year-old kid that went seventh in the draft is exciting for our fans. Uh, but 
we got to find things, better things to do with our late July, early August stuff. I'm going to continue this conversation. With Russ. <laughs> I, I, I do, I do, I do, it's the truth. I, I want to continue this conversation, but I do have yeah. to take a pause for one second and ask you, do you really not know who Nuke Lelouch is? I just, I laughed at the name. Do you not know who the character Nuke Lelouch is? No. Oh my God. Who's Nuke Lelouch? Yeah, that's what Gen X rules, man. I mean, come on. It's like, it's like one of the all-time greatest sports movies. I may be done here on, on this podcast, dude. Oh, I'm Boulder. I've never seen Bull Durham. Yeah, it's perhaps it's perhaps the best baseball movie. Out yeah, I've, ne- I've never seen I mean, it. I'll there's a couple it. that you could argue. You could couple. Some people have argue. told me that Bull Durham is overrated, but I I will watch oh, it. Oh my lord! As I, I'm just telling you what I've been told. All right, some people some people have told me. Yeah, you know, people are saying some people are saying the Bull Durham might be a little bit might be a little bit overrated. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Okay. I, I that go, movie overrated. I want to I want to go to this really quick. I want to go back to the to the uh, the the arguments that are in you know falling in in the comments section about this because I, I do think it's interesting, and I think again this is where and this really does feel like I've deflected the heat, but whatever. Um, it does feel like people are kind of I think in between. So Eric says on YouTube, I'm all in on Mishkov, but there's more D played in a Q game than that tourney. By the way, no fighting. Get ready for players uh, to get run. That's a whole other thing that the queue is now banned. Um, wasn't it? It's an automatic ejection now if yeah. a player in the, in the queue gets in a fight, which is absolutely ridiculous. Flying Lawn Chair says scouting reports would be better than highlights. Agreed. Agreed. Although it's not. You need snackable content, which we'll come back to in a second. Ryan says vote Ant off the island. <laughs> Tyler, who has that baby girl. Congratulations again, Tyler. Oh, by the way, number, I, child number two. He did mention that he has there is oh, an older nice. brother. There is an older brother. You know what, Tyler? Then now you get to join the multi uh, the multi kid club with the three of us. Yeah. Now you just have a, f- a few more to go to get to the the higher tiers of insanity. But congratulations again. It says hyped for Mishkov as much as anyone, but this sounds like ESP tracking training camp stats to me. A thousand which, percent. Which I will say, I hate the tracking of training camp stats. I think it might be one of the dumbest things that has happened in this city. And I think it is like nonsensical. The only thing that I would say has value is at the very end of practice or at the end of the week, if you wanted to put all the compiled stats up, fine. But like live tweeting that like a player dropped a pass, ridiculous. Um, let's see. Robert Hunton says, wait until the end of the season. Lucy says the torch and pits and pitchforks are coming at. Um, walk the plank ant says K dub 1323. CMZ, 18-year-old in the second best league. I don't know, Ant. Let's come back to that in a second. Put a, put a pin in that. We'll, yeah. we'll come back to that. Is Ant an old fuddy-duddy? 610-632. Lou says, uh, we've been starved for anything to get excited about regarding Flyers hockey. Lighten up. Um, K-Dub says, one Mishkov nesting doll coming Ant's way. <laughs> what could be inside? I guess I suppose we will find out. He looked good defensively at center, surprisingly, but again, it's preseason. Um, I, like, guys, I think that we're, we're a, a pretty safe place to put it is this. And it, it kind of touches on a lot of what people have said. He's 18. And to your point, let him be a kid. Totally agree. The, the thing that you said about putting too high of expectations and then he comes over and doesn't do it as he a bust. The counter to that might be, all right, he's 18 now. If he comes to the U.S. when he's 21, 22, uh, and he has played at that point three years in the KHL, 
in the second best league in the world. And like, yes, is it the is it the same level? Of course not. But could you make the case that if he lights up the KHL for three years and then comes over and it doesn't work out, then you go, man, that that actually is a disappointment. Like, I think that would be kind of fair. It's not like it's not like watching him go play against college kids and then that not translate, you know, like I. So I think it's fair if people look at it yeah. during the regular season and say, hey, this is impressive. That's why I said to you, I'm fine come regular season if he's having great games and you want to put those videos out, that's yeah. fine. And we did have somebody say that they watched two of the four games that he played in this tournament. Um, and that's what I would recommend that fans do. You want to get excited about Mount Mishkov, watch the entire game so that you can see the entire skill set. I know you might not always have time to watch the entire game, but I think that they're they're available, right? You can fast forward through it a little bit if you want. Um, but don't just go off of the highlight videos. And I think that this is where we make a mistake in, in, in what we do. Not necessarily us personally, but like, but it, it, but the, well, Russ wanted to put it out, so I mean, we could have made this mistake. But I think what yeah, the mistake, I think that putting out a, a highlight of a goal is okay. No, but well, the, mistake, as, the mistake that we make, okay, is we put out all of these highlight videos because we want the views and we want people to come see it, right? It's all good, and we want people to be excited, and so we can talk about it. That's great. But if all we're putting out are those highlights and we don't show the non-highlights and we don't show the times when it's not as great and rosy as everybody wants it to think, believe it is, that's what cre creates the, the expectation level being at 198% from day one. It's just got to be, it's got to be a little bit just have, you could be, you can have a high expectation level. You could be excited. You want to watch him? watch him right but yeah. let's not turn it into this is all we see that's that would be that would be unfair to the kid that would be unfair to mishkov because if all we see are highlight goals of the way the kid plays and we don't watch him actually play hockey you're going to be disappointed right off the bat mm -hmm. just saying okay anthony has officially poo-pooed all the excitement it's not poo -pooing um, excitement. No, no. I, I think, well, it was the thing yesterday, right? They they were playing a three-on-three -three thing. They were playing like a three-on-three -three yeah. scrimmage, and he had a goal. And it was like the one the one of the goals was really – was a very sleek, nice goal to the backhand and very nice. And I think that like ultimately when the KHL season actually ramps up, we'll probably put some of that content out yeah. because snackable content is still something that people want. Now, are we like a fan page? No, we're not. But at the same time, if there's something really neat that happens, or if he has a big night in the KHL at 18 years old in the second best league, then like I think that's something that we'll want to do. By the way, like if if I don't know, Cutter Gautier went and did something like really razzle dazzle, insane, like scored four goals or five goals in a in a collegiate game, we'd probably clip that up too. So same thing, I, but the same thing with him. Did, I would he did I would last say year with Gautier. He had yeah. good games in the world, like in the world, yeah. we talked about it and stuff. Yep. But again, I, I just feel like August, I, there's an excitement about it, of, of Mishkov, and he's going to be an, an interesting commodity when he gets here. And I'm excited as hell about that for Flyers fans. But early August clips, man, just don't make sense. Uh, and I'm all about having showing stuff from, like I said, in a regular season, show a little bit of everything. If you're going to clip together 15 seconds of a goal scored, Make it 45 of a couple sequences he's doing, whether it's, you know, defensive stuff 
uh, and then doing, you know, maybe showing some passing, uh, some coverage. Like, I mean, it, just to give a, a well-rounded view of everything he does rather than just a goal. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. That's, By the way, that's Rob, exactly what it needs to be. Rob Greeley says, hopefully Mish doesn't fear the bears like Briz. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, Do we want right. to get into the Rizzo thing? Yeah, I think we should. So this goes back to the Tony D'Angelo trade that wasn't. And for those who remember, which is all of you, because you're listening to the only flyers podcast in the summer, bless your hearts. Um, the Tony D'Angelo deal that fell through was flagged by the league because they, the flyers and the hurricanes were trying to execute a trade for a player that had been signed away. Actually that rights had been traded for from the hurricanes to the flyers. They signed him and then they were trying to trade him back. Despite the fact that it was a different GM, different president, different CEO of the team, different governor, the league still said, nay, nay, you can't do it. And different contract. And different, exactly, and different contract. The the league stepped in and said, no, you can't complete this deal. So ultimately, the Flyers cut bait on D'Angelo. They're saving some money on the cap this year. They have a small, it's like $1.8 million cap hit next year, which doesn't matter because you're in a rebuild. And then he went and re-signed with Carolina. They made him whole with that deal. And everybody was happy. But then the player who had been the Flyers target, or at least was brought up, and Anthony, you brought this up like a month and a half ago. You gave people all the hints in the world about like the <laughs> former mayor and everything he would really fit in in Philadelphia was Massimo Risso. What a great name. A good Italian boy. So uh, the Flyers execute a trade. They send the rights to David Kasha back to the Hurricanes. It seemed like there was no plan to bring him back over or for him to have any kind of meaningful role on this team. So they ultimately get Massimo effort on this one and they get Rizzo. So Anthony and um, a fifth and a fifth round pick and in a fifth round pick. So right? give, give people um, an idea here. Was this effectively a make good as the hurricanes and the flyers w- worked their way through whatever this was? Yeah. I mean, was it a make good, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, but the the the, rash, the real story here is that the Flyers and the Caracanes were not happy with the league, and the league ends up with egg on its face because it was so it was so over adjudicating the initial trade that both these teams got something more out of it than they would have gotten in the initial trade if the league would have just let it go. So Carolina saved money on their cap doing this so they basically circumvented the league salary cap by doing it this way okay and the flyers got an extra um retention yeah an extra an extra no an extra retention slot for this season so if they want to trade a player with a salary they can now do that so both teams got got even more by the league being so ridiculously you know it's it's un, it's unbelievable. It's absolute unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So both teams were pissed off at the league, and they were both very committed to saying to the league, "Oh yeah, oh you think that? Okay, fine. We're gonna get we're gonna get you back." And they worked together to to make this deal come to fruition. And basically, everything that was in this trade uh, was in was in the initial trade. Um, was the just, fifth? Yeah, I, yeah. Apparently, was it, it was. Yeah. Apparently, it okay. was. What can um, you tell us about Rizzo? As a player, Anthony, anything on him? Or? I mean, look, Rizzo, Rizzo's got some really nice numbers from University of Denver, um, offensive numbers. What I'm told by people within the organization is that his the knock on him is his skating. But there is a belief from within the organization that 
it is the, the problem with his skating is something that's correctable. Now, Bundy, you would know better than me, like like the the specifics of something like that. Like so, when when they tell me that they when when they say, oh, it's he's got a he's got a skating issue, but we think we can fix it. This was the same thing that they said about Tyson Forster too, right? Mm-hmm. And now Forster looks like he's going to be an NHL player. So I like I don't know what those. As long as I've been around, I don't know what those specifics are, and maybe you could suggest what you know how you can fix a skating issue. But they said if they they feel like if they can get the skating issue fixed, that this suddenly becomes an uh, an NHL caliber player. Um, yeah, I, I mean the skating fixing thing is uh, amazing. It's a trend that's come on in the last few years, and uh, I always used to be in the belief that uh, either you could skate or you can't. There's not a whole lot you can do about it, and you may do with those, those things. I mean, and there's still guys in the league that are not great skaters. I mean, even today. I mean, we're wowed so much by Connor McDavid's speed that he, the elevation of his speed, and the, and the less physicality's made the game look a lot faster than it is. Um, but I don't know. You know, it, it's weird skate like in terms of taking a guy at, at, in his early 20s or you know 23, 24, and changing that skating. You might be able to get more off a hop, like a, a standstill skating. But in terms of your stride, guys, by the time you're that age, I'd be re- I'm hard pressed to believe that somebody isn't just job creating by telling somebody that they can get somebody skating better. Maybe there's been results, or maybe they've made a shift in their equipment. But I was a believer when you're 18, 19, 20, your skating pretty much will define what you'll be your career. Um, so unless maybe there's this short stop stuff where you're coming like from start from going from zero to, to 30, maybe there's stuff in there like where more stop and start in a D zone, but straight line skating, you either got a lot of speed uh, or you, you have what you have. Yeah. And I think that, I don't think that they're trying to say that they can make him faster, but I think what they believe is, is they can make him skate to the, to the level where you're more not efficient. getting embarrassed. Yeah, you're more efficient and you're not being embarrassed in the NHL. Like you could skate at the NHL level. Um, So that's what the initial report on on Lindblom back in the day that he was a really bad skater. And like he didn't become an elite skater, but he certainly turned himself into I mean, pre-cancer and everything. He turned himself into like a very productive player. And it it didn't seem like at the height of his ability, again, pre pre pre-cancer and everything that that was a, a max you know a, a huge deterrent and it was like something that that was a hindrance a, ma- a massive hindrance yeah, to i mean game. you you hear this all the time about guys right that, that that that's their you know they they're not good skaters and so that they can't skate in the nhl and then they ain't going to be nhl players and you know they always end up as just this is they're an ahl guy or maybe a guy you call up from here and there and who knows maybe rizzo ultimately is that maybe ultimately the his peak is the ahl and you know he gets a a, a a small call up and doesn't do well and he, we never see him right who knows but it's worth a flyer if you think that there's other skill there that exists um and you like his motor that's the other thing that they do they like the fact that he's that he's a guy that always wants to go 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 even if his skating isn't where it needs to be he has that determination um when he's on the ice i think that they feel like if you combine that with maybe a couple fixes in the skating you might end up with a good player i'll, I'll give you a guy bundy that i think kind of fits this as well that the fans will remember wasn't a star player but was certainly a player who was a useful player for the flyers for a little bit um that's matt reed you know matt reed was not the greatest skater in college got better as he got to the, the fly, he was a late bloomer kind of, 
You know, he was what, 25 when he got 24, 25 when he got to the NHL um, yeah. and gave him, a, gave him a few good years, scored a few goals, right? I mean, I, I think that that's kind of, I'm not saying that this is what Ma- Massimo Rizzo is going to be, but I think that that's kind of along the lines of what you're, you're hoping that your development gets you to. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I mean, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys like that. You know, there's there's a ton of them in the league. So it's a matter of, you know, them separate separate themselves from the others and make it a difference of what separates you from what the other three or four guys trying out for the same spot. That's what that's what sports is. You know, there's gonna be someone trying out for three three guys for one spot uh, where you're slotted and be up to you to try to make the team. So I wish him well. At least they got a body back. I mean, you get a warm body and a pick back for D'Angelo. That's like a fucking okay. huge win as it is anyway, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just to add, just to add to this, add to that, um, I told people on Twitter I would mention it here on the on the show. So there were a couple of reports that came out yesterday mm-hmm. um, that the Flyers were signing Rizzo to his entry level contract. Um, I can now report with one hundred percent certainty that's not the case; that they haven't even had a discussion with his side for that. Um, and that uh, his expect they are expecting him to return to the University of Denver in the fall. Now, will he? Is it possible that they would sign him after the season? I think that that's a possibility, but you know they're not going to. Nobody from the organization can say that because you can't say, "Well, yeah, we're going to sign a guy who's still got NCAA eligibility," right? I mean, you're not going to say that out loud. Um, so I do think that there's a possibility that after this season he gets an ELC, but he's going back to Denver. They're not they're not signing him beforehand. So he will not be, he will be a, a, a flyers down the road prospect possibility, but certainly not going to be part of the phantoms or any, anywhere within the organization this season, other than university of Denver. I mean, look, if Denver gets knocked out, you know, before the end of the season, is it possible he gets an EL, you know, they sign the ELC right away and he gets maybe, you know, a handful of games with the phantoms or maybe even a game or two at the end of the year with the flyers. I mean, you know, just to see, I mean that's always always possible, right? But I, I don't think I, I don't think that there's. I know for a fact he's not going to be. Uh, he's going back to Denver and not going to be signed by the Flyers this year. This is interesting, by the way. I, I like this. Michael Michael Kulovic says, "I forgot that I had the YouTube feed on. I dialed into a work call, and right at ten, my colleagues in London got hit with two guys who they claimed. Who are those mean men in the background?" <laughs> Uh, Dude, don't they have like soccer over there? They treat everybody colleagues, like colleagues, right? in, yeah, <laughs> colleagues in London. Perhaps they're, perhaps they're a little bit. No, you know what? Chelsea, Chelsea Football Club went out and got uh, what's his name, Sacedo or whatever, and um, he chose to renege on a deal with Liverpool. So we've got that. Talking <laughs> about upbeat, mean, those fans are ravages, man. Like they're they're complete animals on game day. Those English soccer leagues, just. He's yeah. in New Jersey, but he was, was on a call, he was on a call with people in London. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Um, <laughs> that's wild. Uh, is there anything else that you guys wanted to get to today? And we'll even open up to the people in the comments if there's if there's a topic that we missed here. Uh, by all means, happy to to talk on that for a couple minutes. But I think that at this point we've we've landed where we were going to land for well, the week. Uh, yeah. No. The one last thing I the one last thing I I wanted to just say because it, you know. I was having a conversation with somebody in the Flyers organization about this because this ties into 
which just happened with the Rizzo thing, which is not a big, you know, it's Massimo Rizzo. I mean, God, we're making a big deal over over right, this right. Th- this guy, right? Mm-hmm. But why do people? And they were, and I was, you know, we we're having this conversation. Why do people feel the need to put out a report that is completely and utterly false, like completely yeah. false? Um, and I, you know, and I'm like yeah man like you know it makes my job harder right like i mean you know i i try to make sure that all everything that i report is 100 percent accurate right and and you know it's coming from coming from the people in the organization that have the have the authority to give me that information and it's just you know it makes the it makes the other the team's lives miserable it makes our lives miserable it makes players lives miserable Yes, they wanted to, and JC's puts up there for the clicks, Ant. I I understand. But they have to know at this point, because we're talking about at least one of those reports is by someone who's been around for a bit. Do you want to name them? Name the names? No. No, it's not not, irrelevant. I didn't even notice who it was. um, We can talk about offline. Um, But they need to know. I mean, they know. And and to, to even... It makes it worse when they put the report out and they're saying that they got it from sources. It's just it's just wrong. And it makes everybody's life worse. It makes, you know, I know nobody cares if my life becomes more difficult to get a, to do this job, right? But it's not good for the flyers. It's not good for the public because then less people are trusted and, and that, that circle closes even more and even tighter on information and you get less and less and less. And that, when I tell you that that has an impact, not necessarily on, you know, roster decisions or trades or, or contracts or anything like that, but that that has a that has an availability, you know, effect. Like, oh, we're only going to make this person available for this amount of time, and we're going to tell you when the interview's over, kind of thing. Like, there is less trust in everyone, and that hurts the fans. Mm-hmm. It's it, it hurts everybody and it just it's aggravating. It's aggravating that people feel the need to do this. Look, you can work in this business, you can do the work in this business, and no one's gonna question who you are or wh- who you write for or work for. Just do the work. Just do the work. That's all. That's all I ask. I'm looking I'm looking to find who it was. We'll talk about it after. Um last thing. Last thing, Anthony, we'll we'll throw this to the to the boring sport for a second. Uh, Brian asks, did the trade no. ovation save the season? No, of course. Of course, Anthony hates nice things. It's not hating nice things. It's totally fine. They want to cheer for the guy. They can cheer for the guy. But for mm-hmm. the, the thing that drives me nuts is the fans who think that it fixed him. Well, that was going to happen. Like if it worked, it, that was what was going to happen. That's what people were going to say. It's totally fine. It's totally yeah. fine to do the standing ovation and. Everything was great, and that's and it's you know, hey, that's cool that you know, hey, we got your back kind of thing. Of course, it's it's ridiculous that it's they, they will do it for one player, but not other players. But that's beside the point. But okay, fine, that's fine. You want to do that standing ovation? It's a little contrived, whatever. Fine, but to sit there and say, oh, and I see it after every hit, we fixed Trey Turner. The ovation <laughs> worked. Like, give me a, give me a break, man. Like, dude is working his tail off to find what was wrong with his swing and his swing is 
now on a flatter plane. His swing is he's not chasing pitches. Fans cheering for him didn't fix those things. Okay. That's all. Okay. Uh, Bundy, do you think you could have played three more years in the league if the team or if the uh, fans had given you a standing ovation every time you took the ice? Yeah, I mean, I didn't get standing ovations. I got booed quite a bit, but I always say, you know what? Like I always tell people, you haven't like you haven't played in Philly unless you're booed here. Like if you if you're a longtime player in this town and you weren't booed and cheered, like and there's nights I had to play Yager, have a big play, and I got absolutely cheered. So I will say this: if you're performing in this town. They will cheer you. If there's a few boo birds at La Boone, regardless, sometimes we deserve it. Absolutely, I have. Uh, but I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that cheering a guy repeatedly is going to make that. That's a reason why the player was playing good. I think he came here, to be honest with you, and just didn't have a good start to the season. After a really good World uh, Baseball Championship, he was unbelievable, Trey Turner. And he got off to a slow start here. And now he's finding his groove a little bit. But it's nice to deal with positivity i will say that it's always easier to deal with people cheering for you than jeering you um so again and you never know what a person's makeup is you just never know what a guy is inside what you're looking at you know from from what your perspective is so maybe those cheers are helping anthony you negative sob <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> he was he was actually asked it last night and he said it's part of it but I mean, like, it's part of it. It's a small part yeah, of it. Right. Well, Lorenzen right? I mean, was the one who came out after the no hitter and said that he thought it was really cool, like about just about the the atmosphere, and that it was really cool what they did, what they did for what Trey are they Turner. Supposed well, he, to say Lorenzen didn't gonna, have to bring up come the out. Are they going to come he out and say the Trey Turner thing? Though, are they like, he could have just say, said that great fan base. Are they going to come out and say, yeah, fans cheering? Eh. Like, what are they going to say, Russ? Of course they're going to say the fans are awesome. Pretty good. Yeah. Like, what are, you, what are they going to say? <laughs> hey, last question here from Tyler. Uh, will sports radio cover Messi coming to play uh, here next week if it happens? To recap, the Philadelphia Union have to win tonight against, um, I think it's Ketaro, um, in the League's Cup. If they do, and if uh, Inter-Miami wins their game, Inter-Miami, including Lionel Messi, would come play in Chester to take on the Philadelphia Union, which would be something. I think it would come up. I don't know. You know it's what is not he, gonna, what I saw something today that was actually it was this morning. I was just gl glancing on something with either Twitter or Instagram where they said MLS numbers are basically tied with the NHL numbers for the year, like the season on season. Um, I didn't what well, the part I didn't read was whether or not that was uh adjusted to the to the Macy uh Messi coming over here and playing for Miami. But the numbers were identical, completely. I don't know what those. I don't know what numbers those are. I don't know if that's new subscribers to ESPN Plus to, uh, like, based on the NHL, mm -hmm. because I know that the the Apple TV number has more than doubled since Messi signed with Inter Miami, okay. which is so notable that, that for him because uh, because Messi, as part of him leaving PSG in France, he now gets a kickback from uh, that that deal with Apple TV for every new subscriber, which is like a br freaking brilliant. Uh, I, I don't know who negotiated it, but an absolutely brilliant negotiating tactic. So yeah, that, that audience is more than double. Then they said that the, um, the Spanish language uh, streaming across the board has uh, gone up like 50% since Messi wow. signed. Yeah. Which is the, interesting. The, the interesting thing is, and I, I, we always talk about ratings, right? 
-hmm. The interesting thing is, is that every conversation about ratings in sports is all tied to really the national ratings. But individual teams don't care so much about the national ratings. They care about their local ratings. And so while we could sit here and and say, is the MLS going to match the NHL? Yeah, they may even surpass the NHL on ESPN when it comes to national ratings. Yeah. But if you're if you're if you're an NHL team in your market, you have to say to yourself, okay, on our local broadcasts, is the MLS team beating us? The answer is no, no. in most markets. No. Uh, and, and almost every market that has both, the NHL team is still going to win out. Yeah. So, that so that's, the biggest, yeah. though, that's the biggest part of the, the NHL. So the big counter is MLS has the youngest audience by far and they are more and they're, and they're clearly more because of the youth, they're clearly more apt to signing up for a subscription service like Apple TV, which is interesting. You know, like the the NHL could actually learn a lot from what MLS has done. They're still going to stick with terrestrial, you know, over the air and cable packages, which they need to do. But like, even if you look at what ESPN is doing and like what, what Bob Iger has talked about, you know, they're, they're potentially looking at diversifying how ESPN is available. Like there is a path here that at some point in the next five years, 10 years, ESPN's not even on TV anymore. It really, yeah. it just becomes an, an all streaming app. So again, like that's why I think you, you're going to start to see some of these leagues leaning more heavily into negotiating streaming deals than the typical, you know, cable and satellite deals. And it it seems to be working for a niche audience. And I, I love soccer as much as anybody. For a niche league like MLS, if, and I will say this, I don't think this will happen. That rumor about Kylian Mbappe and who's the best player in the world, and he's young, there was an offer of almost a billion dollars for him to go play one season in Saudi Arabia. And then it became, you know, he's always wanted to go to Real Madrid in in Spain. But there was a rumor, like, could he look to move to MLS? Neymar, could he look to move to MLS? If you were to get a young star, like, the best player in the world, if MLS somehow made that work, the sky's the limit. Like, at that point, then you start to say, all right, those subscription numbers are going to go through the roof. The NHL doesn't have the ability to do something like that because there's there's not currently a prospect abroad that's like a year out from coming over. You know what I mean? So it's not, you have the best league in the world here. So there's not that way that you can make that same kind of, you know, massive splash. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's really kind of interesting, Russ, because I mean, the, the only sport that really does it differently than everybody else in the U S is the NFL, right? Because it's, there is no local broadcast for a team. Yeah. Right, everything you have to watch the national broadcast. Yeah. Yes, they have regional; they regionalize it um, in a given week, but you have to watch what they force you to watch. Okay, yeah. so there's no, there is no local broadcast of the NFL unless every sport turns to that model. I still don't think ultimately it will. I mean, and soccer can be. In 20 years, it could be freaking huge in this country. Mm-hmm. It will only matter still locally 
I, you know, I'm saying, I'm saying like the teams individually will only care about how they rank against the other teams locally. They won't care about the national. They'll care about the national from a what kind of money do we get from it, right? You know, mm-hmm. there's always that. There's always that aspect of it. What kind of how do we get the money out of it? But um, yeah, no, I think that individual teams only care about their individual ratings more than they care about the national ratings. Okay. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's weird. We should, we should do an episode, actually, guys, when you talk about, like, TV and how, how it's moving around for sports. Like, regional sports networks are falling off the cliff around the yeah. entire country. What yeah. is that happening? Is it going to happen here? Is it going to happen in the other, you know, in the other sports markets around the country? What happens when that happens? Do those contracts get picked up by major, you know, by the regional um, providers, the NBC, ABCs, whoever it is in town? It's wor- it's definitely worthy of having a show over it because I'm wondering to the to the day do the Flyers or teams like that eventually take that product in house and then sell that to their to their fan base themselves where they then become the provider and it, it and again I don't know that but that would have to be on the docket the way that those RSNs are are getting shot you know off the side of the cliff they're just yeah yeah, yeah. and I think what. I think what would happen in that instance, Bundy, and I think where we're headed, and Russ, you tell me what you think of this, is, and I'm not just saying for hockey. I think for a lot of sports, this could be the case. If the RSNs, so not if, when the RSNs go away, and it's yeah. going to happen, um, and do the, do the teams then individually say, um, all right, let's say we're the Flyers. All right, we're going con- to contact, um, we're going to contact Netflix. And we're going to say, can you stream our games on your platform, or can mm-hmm. our Paramount Plus, or Hulu, Peacock. or Peacock, or, 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 or whoever, right? Yeah, whoever, right? Whoever, and that in, the individual teams will be in different locations. You know, you could still have your national packages that you could still get, right? You yeah. know, but you, but the individual teams will they sell them to different platforms? Um, I think that's where we're headed. I honestly do think or we're going to have pay to play. Only in, what if you want clicked? Like it's ten dollars tonight in, to watch the Flyers Penguins. Can you pay ten dollars to watch just that game from your screen, your TV? I think that's what I I'm think, saying. Are we going to that model? I think that's we're going to go. Model. I think I think we're going to go to. I think we're going to go to in market. You're, you're. It's part of the ser- streaming. Ser- you have to have the streaming service. And that will cover it. You won't have to pay anything extra, but if you're paying for if you were, if you're paying for Peacock, and the Flyers are streaming on Peacock, and you're in the Philadelphia market, you'll get it. You won't have to pay anything extra for it. Yeah, but, but you know what? To, but to Bundy's point, though, not to interrupt you, but to interrupt you, if you were to get, say, it's Peacock, uh, and say the you bought the Flyers package for like a hundred dollars for the year, but to Bundy's point. You see, the Devils are playing the Rangers, and they're a playoff well, ramifications, and you to, want to watch it. That, that's and what that, I was getting that's to. That's a two dollar charge. Yes, because ESPN's yeah. already established that. With you have ESPN Plus, you want to get the UFC fight. Yes, you pay. You pay for that. Like that's what yeah. I was getting to. It's yeah. a lot I of think, a la carte kind of. Yeah, I think. I right? think that your 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 one team your one team feed that's for your local team is is set. But that if you want if you want something else out of market. That you'll be able, if that's also on that platform, you'll be able to pay for it a la carte. Yes. I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. I think it's really cool. I think the idea is great. And Justin asks a question that definitely has been brought up in the past. 
why doesn't Comcast make Flyers America's team and stream all their games on Peacock? And and that would be kind of like what Turner used to do with the Braves. And what was it? WGN, right, is the one that would do the Cubs games. Those networks were both available. It was TBS Superstation back in the day. Yeah. They would they would show all of those games nationwide, which is how like the Braves ended up picking up a ton of fans that weren't just in Atlanta and the Cubs, obviously, I mean, the Cubs are an iconic franchise, but like the Cubs would pick up fans well, because people could, could watch those games on their regular cable package, even though they were out of market. Like there is something to be what, said for what, that. What was smart for them at that time that I don't think works now, but what was smart for them at that time is the Braves were the only major league baseball team in an entire region of the country. There was nothing else in the Southeast. There were no teams in Florida. There was, you know, so if you were, you were a Braves fan, if you were South of DC, pretty much, I mean, you know, that there was nothing else and the Cubs, yeah, you had the white Sox too, but the big Midwest portion of the country that the, all those areas, they have no major league teams. So of course they were going to be, Chicago fans, right? So yeah. that was what it was smart for them to do that. I think now the fact that there are so many options for us to watch teams, even if even you know the teams we want to root for, even if we're not in that market, I don't think it's as effective uh, an an idea to do something like that and put their team on Peacock for all to see. Yeah. This is a very interesting conversation, guys. Yeah, we it's worthy up... of a show, I think it is. Yeah, I saw the guy talking about the thanks for sharing the EP, the English yeah. Premier League. That's what they yeah. do. The clubs own the rights, and then they disperse it how they want and, and allow people to figure out whatever it is. I'm always saying, you know, it, it, I mean, does it, do we go to a pay per view? Is it two dollars a game? If the game's a bad game, you pay two dollars. Does it become more competitive where there's a better game and you pay ten dollars? Oh, tiered. The tiered pricing system that would be. That's, I'm just like who knows? No, who I mean, knows? you're you're, you're just, right though that right. that could be that could very well be a thing. So yeah. guys, we started this show on one path. We took about seven different paths, but I think all of them ended up being informative, engaging, and here we are, the Only Flyers podcast, middle beginning middle of August. We're a month out from camp. We kept over a hundred something people on this stream throughout. And we'll get all the people who are going to watch after the fact and are going to listen to the podcast feed. Do you want to plug, obviously, that you can do what a lot of people have done, especially in the last few days. You can go over to shop.snowthegoalie.com. You can pick up a shirt like this, the uh, the logo shirt. You can pick up a polo shirt. You can pick up hoodies, hats. We've got a lot of people buying the trucker hats with the Snow the Goalie logo. Go over to shop.snowthegoalie.com. Uh, you can go to mishkovmania.com. That also redirects you to our store. If you want to go buy some Mishkovmania merch, that's also available. Um, a big thank you to everybody who's uh, who's made some purchases. It's been very nice. Um, guys, I think this was a good episode. I think I think we, uh, we had a nice little convo here. So we'll be back next week. Is there anything that you guys want to leave the uh, the listeners, the viewers with this week? No. Okay. Was it? <laughs> All right. So for Ant, find him on Twitter at Ant San Philly. For Bundy on Twitter at Cterian6. I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. Thank you so much. Seriously, thank you on these Thanks, summer guys. episodes. Thousands of you tune in on YouTube and the podcast feed. Seriously, thank you for tuning in. We have some pretty cool stuff in the works. Very excited about it. We'll hopefully get into that in the next week or two. So uh, for Ant, for Bundy, I'm Russ. We'll talk to you all very soon here on Snow the Goalie, the only. Flyers podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.